Welcome into another edition of Behind the Catch Fence. I'm your host, David Hoffman. It's officially episode 29, only one away from episode 30. Man, three, three, oh, the big three O's coming up here soon. Oh boy, you guys are going to love the next episode of the podcast. But before I begin, I'd like to give a quick shout out to No Copyright Music on YouTube. They're the ones creating the music that I'm playing. It's obviously no copyright music, so it's free. I'd like to thank you guys for that. With me being a broke college student, I'm grateful for you guys. Go subscribe to them, No Copyright Music. I'd like to officially welcome you to episode 29. We are only one more away from the big 30. Things just keep rolling along to say the least. But if you haven't already, you should go check out our previous episodes, which has included names like John Force, Simon Pagino, Richard Petty, Stingray Rob, and most recently, 2021 Daytona 500 champion Michael McDowell. Today, we have none other than the electric and entertaining Elio Castro Neves. The Brazilian has a decorated resume with 30 IndyCar wins, 50 poles, 3 Indianapolis 500 championships, and most recently, an IMSA sports car championship. Elio's charismatic personality has long been a staple in motorsports, and that charisma was put on full display in Season 5 of Dancing with the Stars when he was able to win with partner Julianne Hough. Going into 2021, Elio is dancing his way over to compete with Meyer Shank Racing on a limited time basis, with hopes of going full-time again in the premier open-wheel series. Needless to say, today's episode is going to be the definition of entertainment. Now enough of the chit-chat, let's get right to it. Sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, maybe some brownies or some chocolate ice cream, something with that. Oh, that sounds good right now. But <laughs> before I get on a tangent, enjoy this episode with the legendary Elio Castroneves. <laughs> Check, check, one, two, three. Yep, I can hear you. There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> That's the perfect background, I'll tell you that. I love all the trees. Ah, it's not bad, huh? We have more. <laughs> we have we have a this is just a little corner. We have a little oh, more wow. on this. Oh yeah, no, this is a. this is my um a lot of work, a lot of a lot of years, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I love the lighting, just how everything's kind of fixated on every. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. What do you have there? What What's that flag over there? Uh, that's uh, my uh, school, Liberty University. And then over here, I have uh, some uh, pictures from the track, that kind of thing. That's cool. Oh, good. <laughs> um, how are you doing? Are you good? Yeah, pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, starting off, I know you're asked plenty of questions throughout your career. What's a question you're surprised you haven't been asked before? Hmm. I don't know. That's a, that's a great, I, I, I feel that, uh, well, preparation, people talk about it, how hard it was. Yeah. No, I guess, uh, no, I've been asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And I had spoke with uh, Simon Pagino a couple of weeks ago and he had said something that he would like to be asked is uh, just how do you go about your life? Just, you know, it's stuff that the media and just fans don't know. How I go about my life? Well, I, as of right now, it's a little hard um, because few things. After spending twenty one years with one team, it's um, it's interesting because you're like, whoa, what's happening? But what amazing opportunity! All of a sudden, I have with with this incredible group that are young and, and, and strong and ready to, uh, uh, you know, achieve the world. 
And, and I'm, I can't believe I, 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 I'm part of it. So for me, this is what's happening as of right now, uh, dealing with all that. And, uh, and it's weird not being racing the full season. I always say, I always, I don't take that for granted. I really love it doing six races, but I'm like, oh, what up? You always wanted something more. And, uh, but I, I am excited. I'm excited. I'm ready. And Mike is an incredible guy and he's putting an amazing group of people together. And, uh, man, I just can't wait. I can't wait to be testing. I can't wait to be racing. I can't wait to be doing a lot of things with them. And you mentioned that, uh, just what went into that decision to, uh, joining Meyer Shank racing this season? You know, when, uh, last year in 2020, about July, about a year ago, literally, uh, we knew the program with Akrat, uh, Team Penske would be three years. We didn't know it's going to be over after winning two championships. Um, we thought, you know, maybe you're going to keep it going. However, it didn't go, it didn't, it didn't, it finished, unfortunately. So with that position, you're like, okay, uh, am I going to be able to go back with uh, IndyCar or not? And, and, and Roger and I would talk about quite a lot of time and Cindric as well. And, uh, you know, it's a cycle, you know, our relationship and our um, partnership basically went really well along the way. And uh, when I talked to Mike uh, Shank, he was one expand. And I'm like, man, what a great opportunity to what I learned all these years, able to connect with someone and, and get a different perspective of, you know, not only driving, but who knows what's going to happen. Maybe driving, maybe keep pushing the team to, to the next level. I would love that. Uh, I don't know if many drivers did that, uh, but I would love to, to do something that might be new with this, uh, this group of guys. And uh, it would be awesome. It would be awesome to ha- help the team win the first race, um, whether with me or with uh, Jack Harvey. And uh, that's how it became, you know, when, when Mike and I were talking about, Roger was on board. Uh, he was like giving his kind of like, look, this is a great opportunity, do it. And, and uh, Roger, it's not only was my boss, but it's becoming a friend for a long time. And I said, I am, I'm following your advice, RP. So, and, and here we are. And you said just how Roger's kind of helped influence you in just all sorts of different ways. Just what what's his impact just on not only yourself but just all the other drivers just that he gets to you know just be a team owner for you know rp is one of those guys that uh, he gives you uh, a lot of the tools to work um and, and and make it happen so if you ask for it you better make it happen you know and i don't see that in a bad way i see that in actually well, if I want to succeed, what do I need? I need this, this, this. Now I got it. Okay, here we go. Now let's go work. And and Roger was one. Of, it's one of the guys that he's passionate about racing. And people think it's just business or big company. He's a great businessman, a very powerful, uh, incredible human being for me, um, and very competitive too. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, just because he's he's. Um, I give you the tools, but he wants to, he wants to win. And inside, even if we're competing against the other teammates, he wants, when he wears the shirt, the number three shirt, for example, that's, that's who he is the day of the race. And uh, obviously when, when the team wins, of course, everybody celebrates. But, um, and that for me shows that he is the first one in 
uh, first, the, the last one to go, go out. It's a typical when people say, no, it's just the same. It's not. He is, he is absolutely motivating everyone. And because of that, um, the entire team, for me, it was one of those persons that uh, you, you, he will be, he's always respect as well. And every time he walks around the, the paddock, everybody want to say hello to him. And, you know, I see, I see Shank is a guy that's passionate about racing too. I really enjoy um, uh, be associated with people that have that kind of uh, uh, feeling that the same I have. And uh, so far it's been working well for me and hopefully going to continue doing working for me as well. And uh, just going back to your earlier days with uh, Team Penske, when you're starting off that IndyCar program, uh, in 2001, you know, you led the Indy 500 your first you know, first time to go in there, led 52 laps. I ended up winning that. Just, I know there's a lot of times where drivers, the stars have to align perfectly and it takes years. You know, Tony Kanaan, one of your best friends, for example, it took him a long time. You know, it's just, but just what's the whole, what was that whole day like for you? And how did that happen, especially in your rookie season? You know, when people say the rookie, I wasn't rookie. I was on my first time and they're going over there. You know, people sometimes uh, forget about that. I started 98, 99, 2000. So I kind of like had three years understanding uh, IndyCar, understanding race. Yes, it was my first time with, uh, with uh, Indianapolis track. Um, but I did, we did have a race before an IRL in Phoenix. So preparation is is the key to win that race and uh the reason that penske has 18 i believe now uh wins it's because of that it's preparation and um and for me being in the seat as first time i just knew i, I understood what i need to do i have an incredible guy in my ear which is rick mears he just won four times just just little and uh, but he's the guy that was right there kind of like not talk me to me all the time, but guide me when I ask questions and things like that. So now you're talking about the, the star. Yes. Preparation. Lucky is a, is a preparation. Be prepared for opportunities. And I was prepared for opportunities. And that's probably why my luck was bigger. And that's why I ended up winning the race. So it was a bunch of other things together, lined together that made. But it was an incredible feeling, man. It was like absolutely I will never forget uh, climbing that fence for the first time. It was, uh, it was absolutely awesome. You mentioned the fence climb. I know you've been nicknamed Spider-Man for doing that uh, after like winning a race. Where did that come from originally? You know, again, um, people thought it was the first time ever I climbed the fence that time, but I was actually in Detroit. Um, yeah, I got the trophy right here. It was my first win. And... Um, I was so happy, you know, I was super, super happy. I couldn't, I could contain myself and I was supposed to go to the victory circle and I ended up actually stopping at the finish line. Why? I don't know. I probably, the year before, that's where my car broke and that's where I stopped. So I guess subconscious, I ended up going to the same place of the year before. And when I look around, there was nobody there. I'm like, oh boy. So I look on my left <laughs> and the crowd was going kind of like, yeah, really pumped. And I was like, I didn't stop here for them, but you know what? Let's go celebrate with them. And I get out of the car and start climbing the things. And uh, it was, um, 
it was a spontaneous. It wasn't planned. I never had an idea that I was going to do that. In fact, the most climbing defense, I'm looking at the other side, people are like, what is this guy doing? You know, so it was very unique. Um, but I believe people saw that when it come from, uh, from a heart, from, from spontaneous, nothing you, you plan, people really had, had fun. And um, to this day, it was, it was a great moment. And then uh, one year later for, uh, you know, you won Indianapolis 500 again, um, 2002. How difficult is that to go back to back in such a prestigious race like that? That for me was so special because I remember going to the race and remember back then was the entire month. So there was a lot to talk about. People were going to talk about a lot of things. And one of the things they were mentioned, the last time I won, won back then in 2002, the last time they won back-to-back uh, -back was Alan Sassino 30 years before. And I'm like, yeah, but there was different times, you know, it's going to be, I wasn't trying to put myself, I was just trying not to get caught on the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just trying to, look, it was different times. I will do my best. I, I felt great last year. The car didn't change. Everything's the same. However, they did shape, they did, they didn't repave the track. They kind of like made some cuts on the track. And that definitely made a difference on the balance that we had the year before. So I was struggling. I was certainly struggling. I started um, 13 and um, I'm like, this is going to be a tough one. And I was about to be a lap down, in fact, uh, during the race. Couldn't do anything at all until we got an opportunity. The opportunity was take a gamble and wow it was uh, as soon as my car was in a, in a clean air i was like now I, I can drive i have no problem and um and i saw paul tracy coming and they were just uh syndic was kind of like guiding you what to do you gotta say a few gotta say a few so as soon as uh, uh we are going to three laps to go or four laps to go actually syndic like you gotta go now i went full power Flat out that lap, no problem. And then I was like, man, I opened up a little bit of gap. I was like, no, I still can save a little more fuel. So I started lifting again. Let Paul Trace got close to me. And when we were going two laps to go, the yellow came in. Obviously, he was, he was, he just kept going. And uh, I'm like, what's going on? The yellow is on. Why, why people are passing? Because it was him, the uh, Hornish, Giafoni, all these guys are passing me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. It's like, relax, relax. They know, we know, we saw it. Just make sure you finish the race because you're really low in fuel. And when I finished the race, we obviously was, I could not believe it. I mean, two in a row, this is, you gotta be kidding. So only when I went to the press uh, uh, conference that when they're talking about the potential that Trace passed me on the green flag, on like still green, I'm like, wait a minute, who, when, who saw that? I mean, because in my perspective, I left. That's the only reason he passed me. Otherwise, there was no way. So it was a big, you know, uh, news that trying to disturb. But I would be extremely disappointed uh, not that way it come out because you can see I, I backed off completely, and that's why he ended up passing me. So it was uh, just it was made. I was very glad that Roger really pushed it for it, and um, because that one, that win was uh, was special. And you obviously were able to win, win uh, your uh, third in your 2009. 
Is there any one that sticks out in particular that you're like, that was probably the most special one compared like any of the other ones? Dave, I think that that one was special because for several reasons, it was more of not even related to racing. I, I at the beginning of the year, had a lot of issues. It was something with the government and I had to like a pause in my life in racing, especially to resolve that issue, which thank God we're able to prove and be acquitted. And um, so the beginning of the year, I wasn't even thinking it was going to be what's going to happen, you know, and my, it was a big question mark. And when everything started going back, it was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then I got the pole position. I'm like, oh, my God, this is absolutely incredible. And then I got the win. It was like just a movie going through my uh, my uh, my life, you know, the, my mind. And um, and it was absolutely, absolutely incredible. So those feelings you I will never forget. Uh, and that reason, for that reason, that 2009 was extremely special for my entire family as well. And and that's why I want another one so that I'm like, okay, here we go. We gotta make, we gotta, we gotta join that elite group. You know, only three drivers to win four, and uh, it would be absolutely, absolutely awesome. And you've been close a couple times, uh, more most notably the Ryan Hunter Raves, that duel from 2014, I believe. Um, how dejecting was that, just having to go through that? Yeah, that was, um, he was a little bit quicker. Uh, he was very aggressive, especially in the back straight. And actually, that's one of the races that, one of many that Rick Mears helped me. But because um, I was on the back straight, closing the door, and uh, when I, I'm seeing, I was like, no, he's there. As soon as I open up to make the corner, you take your eyes from the mirror, you just start to going. And I just heard inside some kind of like stop turning because this guy just decided to go like crazy. I ended up passing him again, uh, but it was absolutely, uh, we start making, we start making lines that we never thought was possible in, in, in the speedway, like going, all the way 230 miles an hour in without apex it's just going like inside and that's it so it was like absolutely nuts um but the cars were able to make it and um till this till this time now people do it as well so it was um it was an incredible battle but but lose the race by 600 of a second that that hurts even more i'm sure i'm sure ryan's like the opposite is like that is made you know, on top of me, obviously, but uh, it was it was tough for sure. It was a tough one, but it was a great battle. And just as you've kind of grew up through the sport for the past, uh, you know, couple decades, uh, just how has IndyCar evolved? Have, how have you seen it evolve over the years? Well, technology took over, obviously, uh, a huge improvement in, uh, in what we say, the halo with the wind, windshield, uh, it's absolutely, unfortunately, we, we, because of that, we lost colleagues on the way. And um, it's part of the risk of the sport, very tough. That's the sad part of the sport. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's becoming competitive, still very, very, I believe this year is gonna be also again, very um, interesting. They're trying to make even more competitive, which is always competitive. And uh, so, but I believe with, when they changed the switch the tw from 2012 until 2017, uh, everybody figured it out. And when we moved to the new car, it became a little more difficult 
to pass uh, except the first and second, which is still very, very competitive. So hopefully this year will be again very competitive, but I feel that join a new team, um, it's an absolutely um, fresh, you know, we're ready to, they're, they're doing everything they can to make sure that they give this car the way Penske used to delivery. And, uh, and I'm sure we're going to be competitive. And it's going back to all where it all started. How did, or where did your love for racing initially begin? You know, my father used to be a um, team owner, uh, talking about 1981, uh, 1981. And I was about five, six years old, and I was actually going to the races. And I remember sitting on the race car. It was a stock car and sitting on behind the wheel and kind of like playing around. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. And one of the drivers, his driver back then, gave me a go-kart. And for me, it was a... a freedom it was something like wow i can do i can have the power on my own and do whatever i want because i turn left if i want to go there i turn left want to go right keep it going so that feeling was whatever i want to do i can do it um with the race car and um it took me a while until i get to the uh to the, for probably two three years until i become like 11 years old i, th I think and i went my dad put me into a state championship and um, and I was it was fantastic because I learned I made friends which that's what the, the good part of it it was I started making friends and start going out of my shell you know I was from a small town in Brazil and then I started going to the city uh, it was really cool as, as, a, as a, a child going to teenager it was a really dealing with people from different social aspect and was really important. It was a, it was a life lesson, I, I have to say. So for me, it was really cool to uh, be part of that. And once I start winning, it was even better because I'm like, oh man, this is fantastic. Let's do it again, let's do it again. And from there on, it was just getting better and better. You've raced in a variety of cars over, you know, whether it's IROC, which we'll get to the, we'll get to the SRX then, but um, you know, you've raced in IROC, IndyCar, um, IMSA, just, more specifically with on the IMSA side, how does a DPI car, which you won a championship in last season, uh, how does that compare to an Indy car? You know, that's the, probably the best uh, uh, measure between Indy car and, and, a, and a touring car, you know, or heavier car like stock car. I haven't driven a stock car before, but when I drove the, the uh, IROC, it was for sure, you can see that the difference. And the DPI was something like better to adapt. Still, you have the weight, but you do have like big brakes, a lot of downforce, power is not as, as, as strong as, uh, as IndyCar. So it was, um, you had a lot of track. It was the first time I drove cars with traction control, trying to understand. And it was a big deal, a power steering wheel. I never drove a car with power steering until DPI. So first year was no question. I learned a lot with my teammate, Rick, Ricky Taylor. And uh, also then, you know, then uh, Cameron and even Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo was already a guy that drove Formula One stock, stock car, Indy car. If you're probably sitting in this chair, he already drove too. So it was like uh, one of those guys that's multitask talent. And, but it was incredible. It was incredible to go through the whole back again, uh, improving, performing, uh, you know, managing the whole thing you can build to your own. It's not like a spec series like IndyCar that there's certain limits. 
and uh, that was really cool to be part of again uh, with a manufacturer like Jaguar. So it was really cool. And just how does a a typical IMSA season because you run both full time for IndyCar and IMSA do how do they compare or and just how different are they just a typical season? You know, it's a great question because. Until 2017, I, I, Roger didn't allow us to, uh, uh, the team Pence, not Roger, but team Pence didn't allow us to race in different, different series because they didn't want us to get, you know, hurt and things like that. So you became very focused, you know, in IndyCar. And um, so that's why for me it was uh, interesting because now I'm going back to the IndyCar. So I'm having like, okay, I got to rewire again here my how to, to do it uh, because you spend so much time in one thing and another, uh, you create cer- certain habits, which I understand that. So I guess it was interesting to, to be going back and forth. Um, I, I do believe I could do it now that I know the both worlds. And uh, that's probably why we ended up winning the Daytona 24 hour this year, because it was just continuation what we finished from last year. And now going back, I wish I would have more, like I said, I wish we would have more races uh, in IndyCar. But again, it just can't wait to, to be back on, the, on, on testing and uh, Indy and hopefully uh, it, will be a, it will be a great experience again with the new team. You mentioned just with, uh, you know, changing different, you know, going through different cars, uh, you know, obviously the big story, Jimmy Johnson moving from NASCAR to IndyCar, doing some IMSA races. Uh, just what, what are going to be some of like the toughest challenges that he has to face this season? Similar thing. He, he spent his whole, whole career um, uh, or basically succeed, succeeding at, in the NASCAR and didn't drive much around. So it was only NASCAR. So I know exactly how what he's going through because now he's going to a completely different car. Um, yes, the car is a little bit faster. The car is a little bit, it's a lot faster, but not on the end of straightaway, uh, but most of the corner rise. And, and now for you to understand, because you spend your whole time, which I believe that again, I, I drove the IROC. That's the only similar or closer to a, to a NASCAR or a cup car. You probably because of the profile of the tires rolling so much, and now you just turning so quick for him. It's like whoa! It is fantastic that he's doing Formula Three, he's doing IMSA, so it gives him the understanding like uh, what the tires does, what what I need to do, and he's been doing really well at IMSA and, and actually in IndyCar as well. So people sometimes being a little bit hard. He's a champion, no matter what when you are champion and you do what you, he did in in uh, his career at a young age i'm telling you he is gonna he's gonna master this this uh the indy car without a problem and this when it comes to staying competitive and just on just in shape and just in just a variety of ways how do you stay competitive and what's like a training routine look like for you i'll always be a guy very focused on the on the physical side, you know, and, and maintain myself, my condition. And uh, now with less testing because of the COVID, but also because of the, uh, I do believe uh, um, people discover a new world now, uh, saving a lot more money for the team. So, you know, I, I'm not very good at a simulator. I would like to do it. I would like to be it, but I'm not, I, I get very frustrated. And uh, I need to feel it. I need to be like right there and feel it. Uh, but 
the way I, th I think it's go cards and things like that is you're just trying to keep your um, muscle memory, you know, uh, ready. Um, and that's the only way. But the best way is to be driving, keep it driving. Anything you can have that's going to keep going. And probably the big news that I'm really excited about is you'll be joining the SRX during the summertime. Um, what went into the decision of just going ahead and doing that? Well, when uh, uh, Ray Everhan and uh, Tony uh, were discussing about the new series, uh, and especially what we mentioned many times here, IROC. Look, I had such a great time with IROC. I'm talking about in all aspects, not only uh, uh, outside the race car, but especially inside the race car. It was so different, something that I never did before. That was the only thing that Roger allowed me to do it, which is, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And, um, and it was fun. It was absolutely fun. And that's what it's all about racing. You have passion and you want to have fun too. Racing against your pals, racing against people and drivers that succeed in a different series. Uh, that's what we're going to be racing dirt. We're going to be racing NASCAR. <laughs> I never drove in dirt before. You know, Daniel Lasaski was the only one that I sat in his car, in the sprint car. And I'm like, Danny, sorry, man. When I saw the, the, the drive shaft going right between my legs, I'm like, Danny, I'm sorry, man, but this is, uh, this is a little bit too much for me. So it was uh, absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, hopefully, um, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting great things uh, of the series. And yeah, we might have some hiccups because it's a new series, everything go through a process, but the way Ray and everybody's doing it, it's, um, and I'm on board. I mean, I don't care. I just want to go out there and, uh, have, and drive, drive race cars. It will be a lot of fun. And I think, yeah, it's just going to be overall, there will be those hiccups like you mentioned, but I think overall it's just, it's well built and just to be just to sustain, you know, for a long period of time. And I think the tracks are going to be incredible too. <laughs> it will be great. It'll be great because the time is right you know the pandemic it's it's slowing down a little bit we still got to be very conservative we still got to face use face masks wash your hands but i do believe it's going to give people for the summer you know special races at night uh those small tracks uh, and cbs is going to be broadcasting so it'll be it'll be great i mean i don't see the the negative you know the only negative is going to have a dirt suit suit that's the only negative we're going to have. But you know what? You have a washing machine, no problem, and go, go on. So I'm really excited about that. I love that washing machine. That's perfect. <laughs> 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 I had to wash it a couple times. But <laughs> uh, final two questions. Uh, you competed in season five of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Uh, just how did that come about? And uh, just how did, what were some of the difficulties with that? You know, Dancing with the Stars was something that I started uh, – long time ago i remember watching a vendor hollyfield um that was the one of the first ones doing that and it was just taking taking getting tractions and keep it going strong and uh, when apollo ono he did his season season four and he won the champ i was a big fan of, a big fan of apollo became a good friend and he came to the indy 500 after the, the winning and the funny thing is he in 10 minutes he described the entire show this is how fun it's going to be. I didn't expect it to be hard work the way it was uh, because probably he's, he's used to practice for the Olympics many, many, many hours, you know, and I was like, man, this is, feels like the Olympics, you know, so, but it was, a, it was a great way to expose the IndyCar name, no question, to cross over from, from the sport world to the, 
uh, Hollywood world, let's put it this way. And uh, it was absolutely awesome. It was a great, great show. People saw who I am. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience. I spoke with uh, Hinchcliffe a couple months ago, and he had said you had undersold how hard work it would be. Um, <laughs> what was your perspective on how? I would probably. I would. I had no idea. I said, I, I'm glad I chill. I, I actually the funny, a great question again because I want to rest. You know, normally at the end of the season you're just like so tired of traveling, and they're like, no, I just want to go home, stay home for a week, two weeks. And uh, I ended up staying for 14 weeks in, in LA, in uh, California. And I was like, well, where was the, the, the time for me to rest, you know? But look, I was in great shape, literally in great, probably the best shape of my life. And, um, and again, I, uh, what a great opportunity to uh, have fun meeting a lot of, a lot of people like, like Wayne Newton. I mean, I got Wayne Newton simple, man. This is absolutely awesome, you know? So Mark Cuban. Mayweather, you know, all these incredible, uh, Maria Osman, it was, look, it was so, so great. It was really cool. And just final question, if you were trying to convince someone who just watches just, you know, stick and ball sports or any other type of motorsports, what would you tell them to try and convince them to say, hey, you should come watch IndyCar and here's what makes this so special? Oh, IndyCar, the reason is special because everybody has a very similar car, very similar tires. Engine is only two manufacturers. The only thing is different is the teams. And um, when you when you do well, that means it's a true talent from the entire organization. So, plus when you know somebody already, it is even more special because you know somebody that is right there uh, competing against this amazing talent. So uh, it's not only about being aggressive. It's not only about being fast. But there is strategies. There is. It's a team sport. It's a true team sport, just like soccer, uh, football, uh, volley. You know, it's. It is. If without, if everybody being connected with one person or piece of this puzzle fall out, it will be a problem. And uh, it happens in the same way at IndyCar. That's all the questions I have, Elio. I appreciate all of your time, and uh, you just. I love your energy. I've always loved it, and uh, it's. Stuff you just you want more people to be like you. So I appreciate. I appreciate that, my friend. When you have passion, um, it's not work. It's fun, and that's why probably what you're doing. You have a good time, and uh, keep it going. All right. Thank you. You have a you know good lucky season, man. <laughs> hey, have a great week, my friend. Yeah, you too. All the best. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Behind the Catch Fence with special guest Elio Castroneves. Elio is a true class act on every single level, and it was a real treat seeing how energetic he is just about everything imaginable. It's crazy to think that I've been able to talk to not one, but two former Dancing with the Stars contestants, and that's something going into creating this podcast a couple years ago that I did not expect to have. But that's what makes this show so much fun. You just never know who's going to pop up on the show next. I'd like to thank Maddie Komar for making this all possible. I'd also like to thank Elio once again for coming on to the podcast. We are just about out of time for today's episode, so look out for more interviews and content over the next couple weeks. Before I go, make sure to follow this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Behind Catch. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys later.